three golf tragics. We're, we're weekend packers and, and we love that's the right. game of golf. And I, I think oh, that's I showed that, you guys that on the weekend. Yes, 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 you did. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. I, I just, uh, <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to episode 16 of the Golf Days Australia podcast, sponsored by Cobra Puma Golf and Dint Putters. Broadcasting to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Anchor, and more. Remember to smash that follow button and hit us up with a five-star review. Well, major hangover. Don't think so. Some great action at the Wyndham Classic as players fight to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. We'll chat about this week's golf around the globe. See where Kim dominates moving day but couldn't keep it going on Sunday. It is FedEx Cup playoff time coming right up and Double Par keeps crashing the party and is back again this week. And we also say a see you later to our very special Amy who is jetting off to start competing again. Amy, you're uh, off this week, I believe, flying out of here. Finally, yeah. I'm leaving uh, Wednesday night, so I'm excited to get going. It's been kind of strange being here for so long, so I'm kind of itching to get going again it's going to be a bit strange have you got movies picked out for the flight already you know what you're going to be watching uh yeah i'm going to get some downloads happening i'm hoping i'm going to be able to stretch out and social distance from some people get a whole road to myself that would be ideal and if that goes (laughs) if it goes like that then i'll be sweet (laughs) with your with your face shield on of course yes my face shield as required by qatar airways so um, yeah, I might have to put a picture of that so you can see how that goes. Um, Definitely. That'll be, and... that'll be a first. <laughs> <laughs> and when's the first tournament coming up for you? Uh, I'm playing the Czech Ladies Open, so Ladies European Tour event. And so I'll be back for, well, um, over in the UK for um, about oh, five or six days and then head over, plan to Prague and play that one. Just a three-day event. Um, so it'll be good to get going there. Yeah, good get into it and get warmed up and uh, hopefully do well in that first one back over there. It'll be good. What's what's the weather going to be like, actually, uh, when you get there? Uh, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it is supposed to still just about be summer, so, um, you know, might catch a couple of good days, but realistically, I mean, it's not going to be as nice as here on Goldie, that's for sure. But, um, I mean, as long as it's not too wet, then, then it should be all right. <laughs> One thing you'll miss about the Goldie, I'm sure. Is the, One the of many weather. things, yes. Yeah. yeah, those polo shirts and shorts and, you know, playing the glades. Oh, it's going to be terrible, you know. <laughs> I've struggled. Got to fly overseas <laughs> and play. Yeah. It's been hard times, not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we get stuck into this week's episode, guys? We've got a bit of action to talk to at the Wyndham Classic. Uh, Nate, give us a bit of a rundown on what's happened over the weekend, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it out there that you, you mentioned not having a hangover from the major. To me, it was I, I did. I I, I got to say that I struggled to get into it in those first few rounds. Today was much better. The, the the final round was a lot better. But I don't know. I I struggled to get into the golf this weekend. I don't know about you guys. Double par. Did you? How did you go? Did you Did you have a bit of a hangover from from the major? I sure did. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling with this. Um, even the major, you think, look at it. I'm struggling with the uh, the tournaments not having any crowds. It's really a bit of a, a downer. I think I don't know. Uh, it's just me. Um, and maybe it was just because it was after the uh, the major. But yeah, I, I struggled this week. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, the, the crowds have definitely got a lot to do with it. Hopefully the FedEx will pick up. But in, in saying that, um, Jim Herman, he was, I think, 750 to 1 on DraftKings, uh, so American odds. So 750 to 1 going in there. He's now won three PGA events, which is, you know, it's getting up there with Ricky Fowler territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so Barbasol last year. Uh, at the Shell Houston Open in 2016 over Henrik Stenson. And um, it was I, I heard today that he actually missed the FedEx playoffs last year after winning a PGA event. So I don't even know how you miss out in the PGA, in the FedEx playoffs when you win a tournament, but he managed to do that last year, winning the Barbasol, and still missed out on getting into the FedEx. Um, so it seems like he's a guy that he's missed a lot of cuts and, and they spoke about that a lot, but it seems like he's a guy that when he's in the mix, he goes pretty hard and he has a pretty good conversion rate. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely didn't see Jim Herman winning this week going into it. Um, last week he shot, he was the only player in the field to shoot worse than Brooks Kepka in the final round at, TP, at, at Harding Park. So, you know, Kepka had four over there. He was the only person in the field to shoot worse than that. Um, and he comes out and wins this week, which I guess just shows you just how close it is on the PGA as well and how that form can sometimes be pretty overrated. I think we're only talking about DJ and Brooks and how they were gone, and then DJ's leading a major and we're talking about Brooks going to take it away. Um, And and this is another one. I I think that, yeah, form can be overrated in the PGA and it's showing it this year. But, yeah, can't take it away from him. His uh, eagle putt on five was huge. He sunk one that was like 70 foot plus. I don't even know how long it was, but this huge breaking uh, right to left. Um, his approach shot on 17 was just amazing. He had his he, ball on the back of his feet while also a down um, down below his feet, and he stuffed a pitching wedge to like two feet. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought he played really well. He's very solid. I mean, you can't take The guy had 124 on the weekend, the lowest ever Saturday and Sunday in PGA history, 61-63. That, that's got to win you a tournament. So, you know, with those numbers and looking at that, that's huge. Yeah, and he spoke about – spoke a lot about his mental game and his battle with his mental game, um, you know, and even after he'd won. He was still bringing it up in the presser. Um, the mental side is a huge part of the sport. A lot of players have mental coaches now. Caddies are looked uh, looked on to have some mental coaching capabilities to help their player in difficult situations. Um, I really hope Jim is now one of those and, and can help. Uh, and his, his mental coach can help him realise he's just won again on the PGA Tour and he's now in the FedEx Cup playoffs where he was outside um the the top 125 before these weeks round and yeah, it was 192 going yeah. into the weekend into it the weekend around it can turn around for you like that and he was one of three uh, that were outside the top 125 to make it back in but um yeah i really hope like the the way he spoke about it was like he was still lamenting on the fact that his mental game isn't strong and it's like mate you've just won again on the tour like Take that as a victory and, you know, shove that up your mental game's ass. Like, come on. Yeah. It's a guy that won last year. He only won last year, but he's missed like yeah. 11 cuts, I think, this year. Um, before that, he missed a shitload of cuts as well. So it, it's a it's a crazy it, uh, it's a crazy record looking at it, but he's won three times on the PGA. So who, who really cares about what your record is because people are only going to talk about the wins that you've had. So three wins 
is pretty damn decent on the PGA, especially at you know this time when there's so many players that can win any week. But I tell you what, you talk about his mental game. The best part of it was watching him sweat, watching Billy Horschel <laughs> have that 18th hole. The guy couldn't drink a water, a bottle of water properly. <laughs> He lifted the bottle of water with the cap still on it and tried to drink it with the cap on it. Then the cap came off and got caught on his lip and then he's caught that and drunk it. You could tell he was sweating bullets. And I just thought, you know, a lot of players will try and act real casual when they go out and don't know if they're in a playoff. But you could tell that this guy just did not want to go back out there and and have a playoff. And I think any of us would be similar in that position. I don't know how you could even watch the TV. I I wouldn't be able to watch that last hole. Yeah, and I think... We, we speak about this being on the outside uh, in terms of the mental game in this. We're not playing for, you know, on the weekend for our income. Amy, is this something for, for you that um, is something that you've got to build up, the mental side? Yeah, I, um, I just had a, um, a two-and-a-half-hour Zoom call just before with um, a sports psychologist. So it's um, something that, yeah, I mean, I had such a bad year last year that I was like, it's pretty clear what I need to work on. Um, so it's, I mean, the only thing is it's quite an investment, but you just hope that it pays for itself, you know, like tenfold in in the future. Um, so I decided to kind of bite the bullet and, and just commit to having a go at that. And um, yeah, I think it's going to make a pretty big difference for me. Um, sort of seen a few a few different sports psychologists in the past um, with a few sort of state um, state team stuff and QAS and that. Um, but are yeah, I haven't really... Or are they uh, broader than that? Um, I mean, I think that was kind of a little bit of the problem, um, which I don't know, not to like <laughs> bag them off or anything, but um, I didn't really know why you wouldn't get someone with a little bit more golf experience in to talk to golf because it's such a specific sort of yeah I don't know it's different than a lot of other sports um but yeah the guy that I'm sort of seeing at the moment he's not um a golfer but he's worked with golfers before and he's worked with a lot of different athletes um from sort of Olympic shooters to triathletes to sort of everything so um quite well-rounded but yeah the knowledge is just it's so much deeper than you know just think positive and you know believe in yourself it's um there's so much yeah. more to it so um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to, to. Yeah, one 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 thing for us choppers to to try and yeah get over our little demons on the course. But, <laughs> yeah, when it's playing for your income, playing for your you know your your well being, um, that'd be a total different story. So yeah, yeah, good, I mean, good I, I think it's almost. I mean, I don't know if it's harder, but you know, it's one thing trying to win a tournament, but when you're you know, when you've missed like five cuts in a row to try and, you know, not think about missing the next one, that's um, really where it all comes into play. So, yeah, it's been interesting sort of diving into it a bit more and I think it's hopefully going to make a pretty pretty big difference for the rest of my year, hopefully anyway. Amy, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been talking with the your current one? Um, I've literally only had two sessions. Okay. Um, yeah. So just Go kind ahead. of fresh going into restarting tournament golf as well? Yeah, I think, like, it doesn't sound like much two sessions, but I mean, they were kind of, I mean, that one was two and a half hours and the other one was yeah, a good couple of hours and there was quite a lot of info and 
it just, um, you know, takes not like, I don't know, it's just one big kind of shift in mindset that you need that it takes someone like that to help you with it rather than, you know, you can hear it from friends, family, other players, yourself, you sort of know a little bit what the problem is, but um, it kind of takes someone putting it to you in a, in a different way with a lot more insight professionally behind it. I think that makes a big difference. So um, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, I'm always interested in hearing about it because, like, you know, we know James Glazier works with, you know, Ryan Ruffles and, and Lucas Herbert and, and a few others. And to me personally, I, I think I would need a mental coach or a sports psychologist before an actual swing coach. To me, that is more important and, and would go hand in hand. And 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 for myself, I, I just think, uh, you know, personally that that's something that most players should have. And I'd be very interested to look at the 125 blokes that are playing this week in the FedEx and find out how many of them work with a sports psychologist. And I'm I'm willing to bet that it's more than 80% of the field. Yeah, I would say when you're, yeah, when you're out on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, it's, you're definitely in the minority if you're not seeing someone. And um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like for me, the only thing that's been stopping me is is finance. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, they're not cheap. But, um, but I mean, you've got to make the call at some point. As I said, like you've got to sort of hope that that's gonna be the thing that makes a difference. I mean, I've worked on my swing for a long time. I'm pretty happy with my swing, and um, I think that's really gonna be the thing that's gonna hopefully set me apart a bit more going into <laughs> the rest of uh, what we've got coming up. Yeah, for sure. And and jumping back to Jim Herman, like this was a guy that was outside the cut line with four holes to go on Friday. So the cut was three under. This guy's two under with four holes to go. So he's nearly he's only thinking about making the cut at that stage, let alone does he know he's going to go 61-63 and win the tournament. So, you know, for a guy that struggles with his mental game, yeah, you like what Steve said, you, you've got to be taking a lot out of that. That's, that's a huge week for Jim Herman and um, yeah, it's a good story, and I, I'm I'm a bit fond of Billy Horschel. I don't know why I like Billy Horschel, but I do like Billy Horschel, and I was like kind of cheering for him. But do we want to talk about Billy Horschel for a little bit and uh, his 16th hole double par? Get, in, get into it. I don't know about the 16th hole, but I, I think I thought Jimmy had left the door open when he missed that putt on 18. Yeah, and then Billy Billy had almost the identical putt. But yeah, nearly identical and, and got a read off um off his partner as well. It was Doc or whatever he was playing with. Got a Doc. got a read off Doc and and um he was devastated. He missed that part. He, he had great looks on 17 and 18, and, and you'd think he would make at least one of those to force a playoff. Looking back, you think you you're betting that he'd make at least one. Um but he misses both. But the 16th hole was brilliant. Par three, and this is after he just made a great birdie on 15. He, he had a blind layup shot that he couldn't see, 190 metres over water, needed to land in this sweet spot. Um, beautiful approach shot, made birdie. But the very next hole, he's come up just over the bunker but short of the green, and it's landed on this little downhill, and it got held up in. And it was lift clean in place um, all weekend at the Wyndham. So he got to lift it but it had broken the surface. So where he had to pace it back was pretty embedded in there. So he got a free drop out of it. He called the official over when they were talking about it and he asked 
because if he drops it, it rolls back into the bunker. So it's always going to roll back into the bunker. And he goes, can I play from the bunker if it rolls back? And the official's like, no, you can't play from the bunker. You've got to play from the similar surface. So you're going to have to play from where you drop it and it rolls. And then he goes, how much do I have to pay you? And he looks at the camera and he goes, I know the camera's on us, but what do I have to put in your pocket? And it was a really funny little exchange and interaction when you've got a guy that's tournament life is on the line. He knows he's probably just hit a shot that could cost him the tournament. And at the end of the day, it does cost him the tournament. But there he is trying to bribe the official with it. Like, obviously, as a joke, but I thought it was brilliant. And I thought, and this is my takeaway from the tournament, and I'll drop it in there now, but I just... I love that we could hear that interaction and I just wish that all our players and all our caddies were mic'd up. I know they wouldn't like it. I know they don't want to be mic'd up all the time, but I just love hearing that interaction. I love hearing caddies talk to players and I thought that was hilarious that he tried to bribe the official to have a drop out of the bunker. That's someone with a strong mental game if they're able to have a laugh when the tournament's on the line, right? <laughs> definitely, definitely. And uh, I think he mentioned afterwards as well that, like you say about his, he peaks at this time. He's won the FedEx Cup before as well. So he's kind of, um, you know, he's starting his run for the, this time of year and he likes this time of year for his golf as well. But, um, yeah, Billy Horshaw, I thought for all money that he was going to take it home and, um all of a sudden that happened on the 16th. Um, Jim just played solid as well. And I just can't get over that he shot 124 on the weekend. It's just uh, ridiculous numbers. On your um, takeaway, Nate, what about getting a caddy cam? You know, like in the in the, in the the rugby and the football where the ref have has a cam on their head. Oh, why <laughs> not? Bring it on. I like all the gimmicks. Anything, just, yeah. anything a bit different, just something a bit different. Imagine having a caddy cam on uh, Bryson's caddy. <laughs> That's not allowed. That would not be allowed. Oh, he'd be doing this the whole time. Imagine, imagine his it. brand. His brand would be ruined after so one damaged. hole. So, <laughs> yeah, so damaged. Or Brooks. So, but I've always, I think microphones and heart rate monitors, and we've got a whole new ball game. I just, I want to see what Billy Billy's heart rate was doing on that 18th. Did he get as nervous as what Jim's heart rate was doing when he was watching the putt? I'd love to see that comparison because I reckon Jim's was going way faster than what Billy Horshaw's was um, at that stage, which I think would be just a brilliant to watch. And I know it's a bit gimmicky, but I just love that idea. Um, anything else on Billy or are we happy to move on? Kevin Let's Kisner. Um, Kiz, I, I rate Kiz. I, I love Kisner as a, as a golfer. I think he's so underrated. He doesn't get enough airtime. But um, and he had a great run, finished tied third. But did anyone see what he was wearing on the putting green, the practice putting green? He had yeah. these balls that were underneath his shoes, that were strapped underneath his shoes, and so he was practising on how to balance. It was like a mini balance ball but underneath each foot, and he was trying to balance at the same time as putting, which was crazy. I've never seen anything like it, and all the commentators were talking about it, that normally you might have a balance issue in a full swing, but putting is pretty stationary and you wouldn't think he does, and he's one of the best putters on tour. And it was real interesting to see him do that. And um, it made me start thinking about training aids and weird training aids that are out there. And I want to know, I know Double Par is a big fan of the alignment sticks. I, I want to know what what kind of um, training aids you've used or you've liked. And it doesn't have to be too in-depth. But, Amy, do you have a strange training aid or a go-to that you like to use? Oh, I feel like I've had a million training aids so far yeah, in yeah. my life. 
um, alignment sticks, probably like level one training aid. Um, yep, I've had yep. like level, I don't know what. Um, at the moment, I've got like a two striker ball. Um, yep. If you've seen those, those little ones you just blow up and then there's a strap around your neck and it sort of sits between oh. your forearms. The big, the big um, tennis ball looking thing that's in between your arms, yep. Um, yeah, Justin Rose uses it and I think like Rory's used it quite a bit. Yep. Like that's been the publicity around it. Um, but I mean, I just ordered one from China on eBay for like $5. <laughs> so does, Did you does like the it? job. Oh yeah, it does the job. Same thing. I mean, you can't go too wrong with that. Some, some of them you can't sort of stinge out and buy the cheapy option because they might have strange lie angles or whatever it is but something like that you can't go wrong um i've tried like not tried really to improve my putting but just like a um similar to what you mentioned more of like a tube though that you can kind of stand on um that's i think is like inflatable and that's for your balance um i wanted it just to see what it was like but um so there's there are a lot of strange things out there i've seen some weird things on tour as well there are some but, strange things, and I, I love that they have, like, a competition in America for the best invention, golf invention each year, and I think there was a TV show as well, and it's just some of the things that people come up with, and it never surprises me some of the things that golfers will buy thinking that it could be the just the absolute answer to their horrible swing is something that straps to their arm that then points to their head or something else. Like, <laughs> have you ever been on the... um? Those big circle gyro um, swings that you you stay uh, in the perfect swing. The explainer or explainer? How you yeah, say it? So, yeah. You ever yeah. been on one of those? I think I've probably had a couple of swings on one, like when I was a junior. But um, no, I haven't spent an excessive amount of time on one of them though. Yeah, double par. What what alignment? What you know? Alignment sticks. Big fan. Massive fan, yeah. I went and brought some after our round eight feeling. <laughs> there is a you seen that thing that looks like a coat hanger and you you put it on your grip or something and yeah. it shows you, yeah, what what is that about? I don't get any of those things. No, not for me. We we should oh, swing guide. Swing guide. There you go. We we should start uh just getting a random training aid and just doing a video and see if either of us know what we're doing or how to use it. <laughs> I reckon there could be some injuries and some good outtakes, but just random training aids if anyone's out there wants to send us one to try we'll try it i reckon it uh, hit up hit up clean we'll have to clean, clean a training aids yeah i know but he's got some good ones i want some funky things that nobody uses <laughs> they probably they probably come with a warning label on them <laughs> seen, i saw those speed sticks they like come in three different weights have you seen them yeah i've got no, those you've got wank. them that's a dead set another link yeah <laughs> amy uses them yeah i've got them <laughs> That's why she's on the tour and I'm not. <laughs> go, um, go, Amy. Back to, back to the Wyndham. Um, um, Zach Johnson. I just want to quickly bring up Zach. Zach's another one. He was three over uh, through 29 holes, um, hitting it like rubbish, and then he shot 14 under on the weekend. Herman shot 16 under, which was amazing, but ZJ... ZJ, ZJ, whatever it is, Zach Johnson, um, shoots 14 under, gets him into the playoffs. Uh, He was sitting outside of it and made it through, along with Jim Herman. I think Shane Lowry was the other one. 
But he got an award throughout the week, the, the Payne Stewart Award, which was uh, the video's gone pretty viral of him getting the Zoom call. He didn't know that it was happening with the Zoom call with the PGA and Payne Stewart's kids were on the Zoom call ready to talk to him and he's like, what's going on here? But uh, he, he doesn't, as, as a golfer, he doesn't do it for me. He's in that Paul Casey realm, that vanilla pudding don't really, you know, he doesn't get my juices going um, golf-wise, uh, but he does show those characteristics that Payne did and, and and valued, such as that sportsmanship and and dedication to charity. So I thought it was a really cool that he got that award this week. He played well uh, the weekend. He fired up and and he made it through into the um into the playoffs as well. So a bit of a shout out to Zach Johnson there for the Payne Stewart Award. What about uh, Siwoo Kim? Should we talk about his ace and that amazing celebration that he did? How excited <laughs> did he get, mate? He got just as excited on the, on a, the following par three, maybe, or on the the par three on the back nine when he almost holed out there as well, like that. Oh, that and that call! Up. I don't know. It was a gym or whoever did that call and said, like, you know, he could um he could be the next, you know, second player to have two two hole in ones in the in the one round. And yeah. as the ball's coming down, it's just caught the lip, and <laughs> like you thought it was in for all money. So he got very excited about that one. He um shaved the cup on a heap of his approach shots uh, over the week, or oh, probably more likely on Saturday. But, yeah, he lipped the cup uh, on a few. He was on fire. Yeah, he was on fire. A bit disappointing today, but shooting 70. So um, I thought he was one to, to really go deep today, but just didn't have it. And it was only, yeah, I... what, what won it? 20 under, wasn't it? 21. Yeah. 21. So yeah. it was only three shots off it. Um, and he had Yeah, three shots it. off it, shot a 70. So, you know. And he has to, you know, he had a shot. He shot 65, 65, 62, and then shoots a 70. So if he shoots a, a 66, a 67, he's in the playoffs. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it was interesting, but he's a solid player, solid striker of the ball. Yeah. And maybe getting into, uh, we've done on the, on the round. I was just wanted to have a chat about the FedEx Cup standings. Oh, I think, can we um, just, uh, Kepka missing another cut? <laughs> yeah. Talk about him. What? <laughs> what? I can't. I just cannot work this guy out. Double par. I didn't swear then. All right. I just was saying. <laughs> it, it, it was close. The listeners can go back and listen to that one. I I, I did struggle to get that one out. Um, that but yeah, I I cannot work. I cannot work him out to save my life. I don't know what's going on with this guy, and he does my head in. I don't think he does his own head in though. Like I, I, he just does what he wants. Uh, I put up a post in the group this week that, to ask everyone what his take was because he backpedaled on his comments from last week saying that, you know, that's not how he meant it to come out because it obviously come out that way, but that's not how he meant it in terms of not knowing the guys that were in um, on the leaderboard come Sunday. He knows them. He just didn't know who was actually in the leaderboard. Um, he wasn't that... Uh, yeah, he wasn't checking it out that closely. He just looked at the leader and goes, that's where I need to go. Uh, so, but he backpedaled and, yeah, it had lots of mixed reviews on, uh, on on everyone's take on him. And, yeah, I'm, I don't know, I'm still on the fence with him. Yeah, it'd be interesting <laughs> this week, you know, finished 97th in the FedEx, was only lucky to kind of scrape in in the end um, with a couple of weeks ago. So, We'll see how he goes this week, but he needs to get a wriggle on to to make the next one because the uh, top sixty go through into the next event. So we'll see. We'll see what Brooks does at Boston. 
I can see it happening. I just, yeah, I don't think he's going to shoot the lights out, but I can see him doing enough to make sure he's still there. Um, if not, he wants a bit of a holiday. Yeah, I think that is what it's going to come down to if he wants to or not. He seems like he still has that kind of, I don't care most of the time attitude, which... Golf's boring, think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I think for some reason that doesn't go down well with golf fans. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be up to him, really. Top 70, sorry, not top 60. I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it. You say it doesn't go down well. Is he like Nick Kyrgios? See, I, mm. I rate Nick Kyrgios. He's so do I. Kind of I love Nick Kyrgios, but... Yeah. He's another guy that's got a heap of talent, but then he doesn't care and he says that sometimes he doesn't care and everyone gets on their high horse and really gets angry that he doesn't care because they know how much ability he's got. But I don't know, it's just just interesting. Nick Nick gives back and it's it's notable um, in terms of what what Nick does in terms of giving back to the tennis community, whereas you don't see that from Brooks. Um, So unless... Yeah, there's something that he does but doesn't want to share it. And if that's the case, then I'll pay out to him. But, yeah, it doesn't come out and um, and show that side of him. I think yeah, he's just, yeah. says it Brooks how it is. Four majors, that's probably the uh, <laughs> the difference yeah. between them. But, yeah, yeah the attitude. Mm. But yeah. Jim Herman has three PGA events, so really. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All righty, FedEx, go through the FedEx. Theo. FedEx Cup. So we end up with a top 10 of JT, Colin Morikawa, Webb Simpson in third, uh, Bryson fourth, Sungjae fifth. We'll forget about sixth for a minute. Uh, seventh was Daniel Berger, eighth Rory, ninth Brendan Todd, 10 John Rahm, rounding out the top 10. Um, why, do you, why do you drop Patrick Reed there? What's your issue? Just, oh, just don't. He just he just doesn't go away, Patrick Reed. He's announced that Oliver Pinto's caddy from the US Amateur has, has been named as Reed's caddy for the FedEx Cup playoffs. For, for you the might have to tell our there. listeners. Yeah, yeah, for the punters out there, this is the caddy that got Oliver DQ'd from the US Amateur on the 18th hole on the last day. He was tied for the lead going into the final hole. Um, uh, Oliver Pinto, yeah, ended up losing automatically when his caddy made the grave error of hopping into the bunker and touching the sand, apparently to test its texture. You can't it was like one that. of my kids jumping at the beach and getting a, like a, a twig out and starting to write their name in the sand. I could not believe what this guy was doing. Jumps in, starts feeling it with his finger. Amy, have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, if my caddy did that, I'd probably dig a hole in there and just bury him in there and just leave him like i can't believe <laughs> that someone did that and he's like a steve spat half his coffee out that, I just, yeah i know yeah, I, 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 I i felt believe. so bad for him like this is a, it's not his caddy either it's a local band and june's caddy yeah. that he's got and this caddy just goes in there 100 percent um i i and the worst thing was the caddy's like no i didn't touch the sand like then <laughs> I guess got put that much on the spot that he lied about it. So, so he's, so he's a good to do it. Patrick Reed then, right? He's a good But then to lie about it, but there's footage of him exactly doing it. Patrick <laughs> Reed lying about what he did is all about intent. This guy said, I didn't touch the sand, and there is footage of him jumping in there and putting his finger through it. Oh, my God. I, I Yeah, I feel yeah. so bad for that bloke. To, to lose on the 18th like that. 
and the guy that he was playing against, his dad was the caddy and his dad was the one that caught the other caddy and, and pushed it hard, which as a dad, he just wants his, his son to get through to the next round and fair enough. Um, but you would be spewing. I can't believe that. But, yes, I like the little, you know, tongue-in-cheek that he's going to be Patrick Reed's caddy. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, notable fit. They are those two together. Match made in heaven. Um Hey, Notable Patrick Reed, for... pretty funny segue because we'll get to it later. But segue, uh, Patrick Reed is the defending champion this week. Just side note. So there you go. Yep, crickets. Um, Notable <laughs> maneuvers in the uh, FedEx Cup. Um, so, yeah, we spoke about it. Jim Herman was the 192nd, goes to 54th. And one of three players who were outside the top 125 before the Wyndham. Um, so the other two were Shane Lowry, who was 131st. Finished to tied 23rd, get down and into it by, what, three spots. He was 122nd after the Wyndham. Uh, so, yeah, shaving it um, there. He was one of my tips in the Golf Days Australia tips this week as well, just quietly. Um, Zach Johnson uh, was 129th and finished tied 7th. So top 10 finish for him and he got into 104th. So, yeah, made it in. And what about the irony on the bubble? The guy named Wyndham, and the Wyndham was this week, Wyndham <laughs> Clark, he was sitting on 125th, um, missed the cut, and just had to sit there and wait to see if he was going to make the FedEx playoffs. Um, I, I don't know how everyone else feels about the FedEx playoffs, but I hate the constant updates throughout the year of the FedEx and the projected standings and what projected this putt can do. Yeah. I, I literally do not care at all about it until this week because we see what the 125 is and then we cut down to 70 and then we cut down to 30. It's the only time that I care about it. The, the amount that they go on about it all year, I'm just like, just tell us at the end who makes it. Yeah, maybe yeah. like the last few weeks, maybe the last month, if that. Uh, the projected, yeah, what's this putt on the 16th going to do for this guy in the third round of the year? Like, who cares? Just <laughs> wait till we get there. But this is, yeah, their, I guess it's their sponsorship. It took me a while to figure out what that little trophy was up the top, and it's green or <laughs> yeah. red. I'm going. Apparently, <laughs> it's the FedEx thing. Oh, Penny, Penny's finally dropped for uh, DP. Love it. Last, last week. <laughs> and a special shout-out to our sponsors, Dint Putters. Along with awesome putters, they also do hole-in-one flags. Now, I've had one created for my old man uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to give it to him for Father's Day, uh, which is coming up, obviously. So on the flags, you can add the course play, your name, date, and the hole specifics. For example, 14th hole, par 3 with a 5 iron. Um, and there's also a cool little golf logo on the top of it. Uh, so, yeah, you can head to dintputters.com.au and go check it out, guys. Yeah, they look really cool, Steve. It's uh, a pretty cool idea. I think it's something that's you know, a bit of sentiment. Obviously, a hole in one's a momentous occasion. So I think it's a fantastic one. I can't wait to get my own flag one day, hopefully, when I finally crack that hole in one. Yeah, looking forward to getting one myself, mate. Very good. And obviously, another big shout out to our other sponsor, Cobra Puma Golf. Um, these guys have been amazing. We've had a, had a big week last week uh, doing some filming for them. Uh, we've done a fitting process. So what we did is we went to the vintage at the Hunter Valley and we did a, a fitting process with a Cobra Puma Golf Fitting Pro, uh, Gavin Sutherland. So it, it was a great process going from the start to the finish. You know, why should you get fitted? 
um, what what a fitting process is all about. And we've, we're putting that into a bit of a, 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 part, a video series. So we've dropped part one today. Um, so you can check that out on our Facebook page and we'll be on our YouTube page soon. So go and check out that Cobra Puma Golfer. Exciting, excited to do some more work with those guys. We've got a bag review coming up as well with one of their new cart bags. Um, but yeah, that, that fitting process was really cool, Steve. And I'm excited to share it with everyone. Yeah, lots of fun. It was great actually getting to meet Gavin as well. He's a great guy, a lot of expertise, a lot of experience uh, in the industry and bringing that into the club fitting game. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's working wonders for him and, and hopefully it's, it works wonders for our game too. Yeah, it was really cool, you know, with the track man there. Um, big shout out to the vintage, like I said, for, for hooking us up. Uh, Richard Mercer there uh, gave us out his little studio to hit out of because the rain was coming down and, and the weather wasn't the best, but Trackman there, heaps of clubs to choose from, um, the full fitting that we did all the way from driver down to wedge, and um, it's great and excited to show it. So go check that video out, and of course, a big shout out, thank you to Cobra Puma Golf. Ames, the LPGA. Yes, well, LPGA and LET was a um, co-sanctioned event, um, so yeah, well, I won't go round by, by round, but um yeah, as a Munoz from Spain, she um, was up there with um, with the lead for kind of the majority of the tournament, and she took a one shot lead into the final round. Um, and it was a pretty tough uh, final day, as it kind of often is playing Lynx golf in Scotland, and ended up in a playoff, which is what everyone was craving last week at the PGA. So, got some excitement there. Um, yeah, Emily Pedersen, she shot a great round 68 to secure her spot in the playoff. Um, alongside Munoz, um, Cheyenne Knight and Stacey Lewis. Danielle Kang finished one shot outside the playoff um, after back-to-back wins. So another great week for her. Um, and, yeah, it only took one extra hole to decide the winner. So, yeah, Stacey Lewis, she holds a 23-footer for birdie to knock everyone else out of it on that first extra playoff hole. So she emerged as a champion of the week. It was her first win in a playoff after losing um, her previous three attempts and her first win since having her daughter in 2018. So her first win as a mum. So special victory for her. And yeah, a lot of players trending nicely into next week's major, the um, British Open or the Women's Open as it's Women's now. Women's British Open at Troon. I... Troon, yes. I, I watched it last night. I, I watched it off and on. I, I watched more of the girls this weekend than I did of the boys. Um, I, I found it enthralling. I really enjoyed watching the girls this weekend. I thought it was tough conditions over there, the tricky greens over there. Um, the final round had that many twists and turns. Like, you know, how do you say her name? Munoz? Well, I think you're supposed to say Asahara Munoz, but um, Munoz. I would say Asahara um, Munoz. <laughs> Yeah, so apologies if she's uh, listening to this because I'm sure she will be. But um, <laughs> she she shot four over on the front nine today and, like, in the final group, that's your head would start spinning. And for her to kind of gather herself and, and you know, shoot two under on the back and, and still make that playoff, she was so gutsy. And that back nine, she had so many great up and downs and um, she was really solid on that back nine. But I... I'm a massive Stacey Lewis fan. I always have been. And and for her first win as a mum, and, you know, I think that's her 13th win, two majors. She was a world number one. Um, she had to battle slow play 
all weekend. I, I could not believe how slow that final pair, that final grouping was. And she had to play with Song and Moon on the week, on the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, five hours, 16 minutes they played. And she actually came out afterwards and said it was really hard for her to find a strategy to work with that. She she battled through that slow play and, um, you know, she struggled with that. And Christina, Kim, um, she, she posted a tweet up before, which was a reply to somebody saying, what do you think the problem is with slow play? And she wrote, not playing fast enough, not gathering your information before you get to the ball, not giving a shit about the game enough to do your part, not respecting your playing partners. Pretty simple. It's pretty... Uh, Pretty full on, and I, I tend to agree with everything. Yeah, you got to give her a clap. It's just, it, it it's so frustrating, and it, it's interesting because we've always spoken about it with Bryson and and in the boys, and 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 now to see the females talking about it, to know that it's a slow play problem just in golf. It's it's not just at the amateur level. It's not just at the pro level. It happens in all forms of golf, uh, and it's something that gets everybody's gears going. And and we saw it at the at the Scottish and. But back on Stace, like, I just love seeing her have a win. And she she tweeted afterwards, you don't have to choose between starting a family and chasing your dreams. And I thought just, yeah, what an amazing woman to, to go and, and, and become a mum and then come back and, and win. And, and this is something that we probably take for granted and, and a lot of guys and, and males probably don't think about is females in sport at a certain time, a lot of them do have to make that decision and think that they've got to make that decision whether they start a family and what that does to their bodies and, and physically what that does to them, it can be very hard to get back to that elite uh, level of the sport that they play in. So I just love seeing Stacey win this this uh, this week and, you know, finally breaking that 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 playoff uh, curse that she's kind of had going 0-3 before that. And, um, yeah, just awesome to see Stacey take that victory. Just sad that her family couldn't be there and, you know, that nobody else could kind of be there to, to cheer it on. But I know she was straight on FaceTime afterwards with her, with her daughter and her husband. So, Yeah, she's got an amazing story even sort of before that, the way she's managed to even play on tour and let alone win and become world number one. Like she had terrible back problems. She had scoliosis when she was a kid and she had to have back braces and all sorts of stuff. So she's had to overcome quite a bit of adversity and um, yeah, so pretty inspiring beforehand and then inspiring, um, you know, the other LPGA mums that are also out there now. So yeah, it's definitely good to see her back winning. Yeah. And then, so what have we got? We've got the, the women's British Open at Troon. Yes. Yep. British Open coming up. Um, well, yeah, it is now actually called the Women's Open. Is Women's the Open, official cool. re rebranded name. Um, so yeah, that'll be a good week. Um, yeah, who knows what what weather Trin's going to turn on for everyone? And another week of Lynx golf. So I'm keen to watch that. I love watching Lynx golf. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's it's a it's one of the best forms of golf to watch. I've, I've said before that I actually think the Open to me is nearly better than the Masters just because it's something so different. And I love seeing the Americans go over there and have to play Lynx golf and play something completely different than what they're used to. And um, I think it's it's just a, a more fun, more challenging, traditional way to, to sort the game out. But a big shout-out as well to Hannah Green. Um, obviously, we interviewed her a few weeks back and she came, you know, off a, off a bit of a layoff and, 
birdied the opening three holes of the final round today to kind of get her back up to the top of that leaderboard, but kind of fell away a little bit and faded on the back nine. But um, yeah, great, great result for her in the end. Tied 16, same with Minji, Minji Lee. And Lydia Ko was up there again, but had a 74 today. So we'll see what she does next week at the uh, at the Open. All right, so speaking of Aussies um, on tour at the moment, we had a few other noticeable, you know, notable ones that we need to mention. Um, obviously, with the PGA, with the Wyndham, um, Cameron Davis, another great result, T15. And uh, Matt Jones, just consistent as always, another cut that he's made, tied 37. So those are the two Aussies that made it through the PGA. We also had the European Tour, so the Celtic Classic, which was won by Sam Horsfield at minus 18. Um, Jake McLeod, Scrivener, they were both at 14 under. And uh, Scotty Hend tied 39. And I think double pass, Scotty Hend was on your radar last week, wasn't he? He sure was. He uh, had a double pass. Had, had a double pass. He, no, I think Zach Murray had a double-double. Zach bar. Murray had the double-double this week. Unfortunately, he missed the, the cut over at the Celtic, but handy the week before, I think, um, maybe the 18th. Yeah. The 18th, he had a six on, on the 18th, par three, big double par. And I was a bit disappointed because I'd heard on the grapevine that he doesn't mind having a bit of a fire up on the socials, but no bite. No bite <laughs> no from bite Andy. From Andy. So. He, he's made the wall of fame on the double-par Instagram page and and nothing, tagged him and all. Yeah, if he's out there listening, uh, yeah, love to hear some love, Hendy. <laughs> Good to see Hendy. Hendy does, uh, doesn't mind a bit of banter, and I think he was even um, stirring himself up that he, he didn't know what a weekend felt like and the fact that he made the cut. Um, he hadn't played weekend golf uh, for a while, so... Good to see that. Minwoo Lee had a, a pretty uh, interesting, you know, like that that weekend, 71-76. Um, so that's kind of un, uncharacteristic from him. PGA Champions Tour and probably the story of the Aussies for the week was um, Pamps. Pampling just turned 50 earlier this year, which means he just uh, is eligible for the Champions Tour. And he uh, closed with the, the low round of the day. Uh, so a 66 he shot and um, ended up, yeah, tied fifth. So Jerry Kelly won that at three under, but Pamps finished at plus two. So uh, great to see Pamps uh, doing well over there. Uh, the Symmetra Tour, we had uh, Sarah White win that at uh, 15 under. Um, who did we have? Do we had any Aussies in that, Amy? Yeah, a couple of decent results. Robin Choi was tied 11th, I think. Um, here in Naveed, another Aussie was like tied 18th. Um, not sure. Awesome. The other and Stephanie Nard, they didn't, and Julian Sue, they didn't make the cut, I think. So good to see a couple of girls there on the Symmetra. And the Corn Ferry, uh, Stephen Yeager won that at 22 under. We only had Harrison Endicott make the cut there, tied 48, but uh, Ryan Ruffles, Coletta, Curtis Luck, uh, no luck there, missed the cut, no pun intended. And that right. was our Aussie wrap up. That rounds out the uh, golf for the the week, guys. Looking forward to getting into the next uh, round with the, which is the yeah, FedEx Cup playoffs and also the Women's Open as well. So yeah, a lot of golf to to get into this week as well. Um, moving into Golf Days Australia group highlights, uh, Tipping Comp first up, uh, sponsored by Birds of Condor. First place was Matthew Brain at a hundred bucks. He bags and a Birds of Condor hat of your choice, mate. Second goes to Joel Smith, 80 bucks. Third, Simon Walker with 50. And fourth went to Justin Ryan uh, with 25 bucks as well. Uh, a GDA tour sponsored by the Golf Factory. David Todd picks up the box of balls. 
uh, after picking Billy Horschel, uh, but uh, obviously no one had picked uh, the winner this week, so the jackpot's into, yeah, next round. Um, post of the week, Nate. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. post of the week, um, Paul Muse, uh, he's been posting on there quite a bit about his swings, trying to be, you know, the long drive, um, smashes a ball. Uh, I think he's going to... He's trying to. I think he's going to try and get me on the protein shake soon as well. But he absolutely put a video on there of him just smashing driver directly at his house that has two little nets up and like a little gym mat that couldn't be more than a meter and a meter wide. I reckon this thing is, and he's letting absolute rip at this ball. And I'm watching it, and you're breaking into a bit of a sweat just anticipating where this thing's going to go. And he just unleashes it straight into the middle of the mat. Couldn't have hit it any more pure. And you, you just you watch it over a couple of times and you think of all the places that are unprotected on that house, even a <laughs> bit of the window that's right now. He set it up in front of a window. And so there's, that's, there's a small that's some big kahunas the right there. Net and the wall, or the, the, yeah, the wall that surrounds that window. And you just, you starting watching that video, you're almost thinking, oh, wow, is this ball going to get What's going to happen here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Paul, and doesn't Paul just, is... just doesn't tap a four iron into it. Like doesn't just, you no. know, do a little pitch and run. He's hitting this ball over 300 metres, a carry, easy, and just oh, he's, got, he's got his long driver out. So he, he competes in, in Australian long drive. Uh, and he's had an injury, uh, I think, this year, which he's had surgery on as well. So he's still recovering. Um, and I think that was one of his first uh, first swings back with the full uh, long drive driver as well. So, yeah, mate, he he can pound it. So, um, yeah, that that was that was entertaining to watch. Thanks, Paul, for for all your input lately as well, too, mate. Um, yeah, loving the the posts that are coming through from yourself. Um, my post of the week was from David Ellis. Uh, posted up his good mate and fellow GDA member Mick Innes made the local Channel 9 news. Uh, he's carded three aces within six weeks. Like, really? Three aces in six weeks. Uh, we, we've chatted to Mick uh, on, on Messenger and we'll hopefully get him on the podcast very soon to have a chat about those holding ones because that, yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, but, yeah, making your local news, mate. So very good. Enjoyed that. that. <laughs> Three aces in six weeks. That, oh, I'm so yeah. happy for him. I'm glad for him, but he could have just had one and shared those other two around. <laughs> we, I think the um, the coverage talked about he hasn't been able to shout the bar. Uh, so when the, the clubhouse up, <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> when the clubhouse, it sounds like double par. I if double par has a hole in one, it'll be oh, sorry guys, <laughs> uh, my wallet's yet. not here. <laughs> Oh, put it on his membership account. <laughs> uh, does he have a membership, actually? That's a good question. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, what's what's happened around the grounds this, this week, Nate? Uh, right, well. We talked about last week. You you guys were having a, a round. Well, I, I got to meet the, the one and only double par, or DP wow. as he goes as. But um, we Did played... We played the beautiful Magenta Shores, which I'm going to say double par only came because it was free. Um, but we we played the beautiful Magenta Shores, and well, do you want to tell them what you shot? 
The only thing I want to talk about from that round is your tee shot off one. <laughs> that is dead set the only highlight of that 18 holes. Look. How'd it go? How'd it go, Nate? Oh, 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 I'll admit, I hit it straight out of bounds left, uh, straight out of the car, no warm-up, it was a breakfast ball, straight onto the tee, didn't know where we were going, and I hit it, hooked it hard left. You know what? I don't even know if it was out of bounds, but the the um, driving range runs parallel to that first hole, and there were 400 balls that were out there, and I wasn't going to be that guy that walked out there and picked up every ball <laughs> to find my ball. So we just moved on from that one. I, I, I parred the next ball, but... Look, we're not going to talk about my 40 <laughs> points. Let's talk about what you shot. Did you raise the bat? I had more strokes than I do Instagram followers. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I have 92 Instagram followers. <laughs> so let's just, let's just leave it at that, Nate. Let's just leave it at that. There was only one double par two and it was on a par three, but we won't go there. So eight more followers and that that uh, statement will change. All right, good. Yes, and, and I believe there is some footage. I believe there is some footage of, of Double Par raising the bat on the 18th as well with a clutch putt for 100. It was a clutch putt for 100. It was a four-footer. And it, it never looked like missing. <laughs> it was his best putt all day. Best putt all day. But huge shout-out to Magenta um, for getting us on there. Just, a, yeah, it was a, a great day, fun day, and we've got plenty of footage, and that'll be coming out soon as well. So look out for that one. Double par. Have you got a rant for us this week? Double par's rant of the week. Well, let's just say playing the resort course with Nate got me thinking um, about all the choppers that go out there and don't repair their pitch marks. So is it called a pitch mark or a divot mark? When you hit the green, you know, when it goes on the green and, and pitch mark. hole. Pitch mark, pitch, pitching the ball in it. Divot is that pitch thing that you're meant error. to take when you hit a full swing. So why do they call them divot repair tools? Oh, you stitched me up there. You, you were coming at that from that angle. I have no yeah. idea, Nate. No, it's called a, it's called a divot repair, repair tool. Amy, yeah, you're I'm the professional. Is it called a divot repair tool? I'd call it a pitch mark repair, but oh. I have heard it. I have heard that the alternate name there as well, which yeah. is a good one. Doesn't make sense. No, nothing in golf makes sense. So no, my, my <laughs> That's true. It, it was it was it's obvious playing uh, a Magenta that they do get a few resort players on there, and, and just people not repairing their divot slash pitch marks, I think, is a real pet peeve of mine. So that's um, what I'd really like to throw out to the panel today uh team and, and and get your thoughts and those on uh golf days australia facebook uh yeah tell us what you think because it's, it's... Double par, next time you're out on a round do a bit of a uh a beginner's guide um how to video well and this <laughs> is this is what i said i said this to double par while we were playing because we were talking about it while we we're there because i mentioned that the vintage was similar they get a lot of people that are that are coming for a holiday um that may not play a lot of golf or they're just away on holidays and they kind of are just way too casual about it. But I, I, I don't understand how a, a course can't just throw it into their, their green fee that they give each person a pitch repairer and maybe explain to them how they want them fixed on their course. Uh, surely it only takes a couple of seconds to do it. Throw it in. It's like throwing in a free sauce with a meat pie. You think it's great, but they've only added 50 cents already into the cost of the meat pie. So do that with the golf. Throw in a bit of extra cash. Get a pitch repairer. Tell them this is the way we want it done here. This is how we do it. And, guys, if you can find a couple of extra ones on each green, that'd be great if you could fix them up as well. I don't think it takes much. Um, 
And if people don't know how to do it, take them out onto the practice green and quickly show them how to do one. Uh, a lot of people do them wrong anyway. So, you know, I, I, I don't think it's that hard to, to work out, but you just see them at so many courses and it, it really can let down a, a quality of a course because of so many pitch marks. I reckon resort golf is probably worse for it, but all the same, public courses just as much. You, you can get that happening. Um, yeah, pet peeve. That's a good rant, DP. Yeah, it was, it was the smartest thing Nate ever said all day was about um, we should give him a free pitch repair. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm trying to think of something else smart I said that day, but I had nothing. I was just watching your amazing golf so and not following you where you went. I dead set pipe me first drive, 200 down the guts. So I thought I got him. Yeah. He's put his left straight into OB and I've gone, <laughs> it's game over. Pipe tell us about that greenside bunker. Which one? I the found every hole. single bunker on the course <laughs> and I think I only got out of one. First time. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard on the grapevine, DP, that you took a few shots to get out of one bunker and ended up in another one as well. So oh. I, I might have gobbed off a bit early. There was two holes to play, and I think I said to Nate, I said, I need 14 more to, to raise the batty. <laughs> and I think I've gone <laughs> and had exactly 14 strokes. And I think out of that 14 strokes, there was at least seven in bunkers in two holes. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit tough. And that is the thing about that course at Magenta as well. If you, if you don't hit the bunkers, you score okay. So I think I found three bunkers all day and ended up shooting pretty well. Um, but they yeah, are bunker golf. Placed at Magenta, yeah. You, you do tend to find them pretty easily. Definitely. But fix your goddamn pitch marks. It ain't hard. I know you get excited because you actually hit the green and you've got a mark there, but don't just look at it. Go and fix it. Not that hard. I'm getting all double parry here. <laughs> All right, we've had some questions come from our listeners this week as well. So we talked a little bit about it before with the slow pay piece, but Scott Campbell in the group, he's asked the question, is slow play the single worst thing on course? And would you like to see penalties, be, penalties being brought into club comp golf as a result of slow play? Like if you're playing in a group and someone's just, Absolutely taking the piss. Do you want to call it on them? Yeah, but what do you do? Like, yeah. I'm happy to tell my mates or people that I'm playing with that I'm comfortable to, to tell them, okay, you, you, we're getting a bit slow here or we're, we're falling behind the group ahead. We need to move on. Like, when we're put out, all right, you two go over and hit off off the next tee. We'll finish out here. You can do those kind of tips, but... I mean, at club comp golf, we don't have a marshal that looks after the course. Um, you know, I know some resort courses or some private courses might have a marshal out there that can do that kind of thing and take that job on. But it's like knowing people that pull the handbrake and, and look after their handicap later on. Like, what, what are you meant to do about it besides find evidence and go to the board and tell them and then you're going to become that guy? So it's such a hard situation uh, at, at a club level. Yeah, so like potentially like the the pitch repairer, uh, some general etiquette when you join a club would probably go a long way to helping that. Uh, I think also the MyScore app. Um, so our club's just gone to the MyScore app as well, and it gives you a counter as to uh, how far behind or ahead you are as well. So I think in the round that I had on the weekend, we were four minutes behind, even though we'd started about 
15 minutes late not that our group started late we were just late behind everyone else but we're, we've made up time which was yeah, great for a uh, saturday round but yeah so may, maybe some uh, etiquette to go along with your pitch repairer yeah i I, I think you know that, that's all has to start when you first start playing golf as a new member at a, at a course you know to do a little i don't know uh induction into golf and what's expected from that golf course and 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 what the etiquette is and thinking about walking up to your ball and thinking about the shot you're going to play before you get there and then you're starting to work it out it's it's not hard to do but but then you could be doing what your bit and you get stuck behind three groups in front of you that are all slow as and um you know it, it is definitely a pet peeve and i'm probably lucky at the course i'm at that we don't have a full sheet because we only have you know 80 to 100 players playing on a saturday comp but i couldn't imagine what it's like at you know a course like wollongong or somewhere down there where it can get really slow at times and i i i, I hate playing in slow play i, I think there's nothing worse then sitting around and waiting to hit so that next a shot. Question, um, question then is do your playing partners make a difference during a slow round as well? Like if you're in a good group where you love a chin wag and you're just waiting at the tee every time, does it breeze by? Or, you know, if you have, you know, a dodgy group where no one gives a crap um, or they're all getting pissed off because they're playing slow, uh, yeah, how much of a difference does that make to your game? Uh in your playing group it's Depends. it's like when you're chopping it though steve isn't it like if you're chopping it but you're playing with good blokes it's a bit easier to take if you're yeah. having a slow round and you've got a couple of well, blokes you can example, have a chat with it's good right yeah for example i played with three guys that i didn't didn't know a couple of weeks ago at horizons we had a five and a half hour round and we noticed that it was slow that we were waiting but it wasn't, yeah, I could see what you were just motioning there, Nate. <laughs> oh, I yeah. couldn't, I can't, I, I can't do it. Five and a half hours was long, right? And I get I get that. But it actually was a breeze only because the guys were, you know, great to play with and a good good chat. But we, we were able to have a good chat and we didn't have much to talk about afterwards with the beers because we'd already set it on the course. Well, that's what um, I was going to say. It depends how many beers deep you are. If you're, if you're at a charity day and you're just enjoying the day and you're not really caring too much about your score. But yeah. like I said to you before, I could be playing with Tiger Woods and if it's slow, I'd still have the shits. Yeah. No, I lie. I could play a 24-hour round of nine holes with Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very good. All right. But yeah, I, I can't. I, yeah, I can't. Amy, slow play. No, I mean that was kind of the disappointing thing about um, the women's Scottish Open that, um, yeah, a little bit of the focus was on the slow play, and I think the LPGA is not tough enough on it, and PGA Tour is not tough enough on it. No. Um, yeah. The LET actually has is pretty strict on it. Um. But at a club level, um, I mean, yeah, ideally you need a marshal sort of running after everyone, but that's not really um, available everywhere. So, yeah, I don't know if, you, if you're if you playing with slow people, you've kind of got to say something. If you're playing behind slow people, then there's, <laughs> there's nothing you can do, unfortunately. Yeah, and the other thing is if you recognise that you're slow or you're losing a few balls or whatever – call the next group through, like just kind of get it going instead of holding those people up. I know that gets kind of awkward because then you've got to jam back into the next group somewhere. But if you're holding up people behind you, then, you know, just let them through. But 
every time you you wait for I, I I don't it's another mental thing, but every time I wait and I think, oh my god, this is taking forever, hurry up! I the next shot I hit is shit nine times out of ten because it's already in my head that I'm waiting and now I'm going to hit a shit shot. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one. But it's a you know golf. They already already talk about golf being too long, and that it, that's something that needs to change for the growth of golf and and for families and young kids and everything else to get into golf. Is that golf already is too long, four hours plus for eighteen holes? So slow play is only going to kill that even more. The good question, Scotty. Hypothetical, Nate. Um, yeah, a week on a deserted island with Bryson or Patrick Reed. I'm going Bryson all day. I can't stand Patrick Reed. <laughs> what was that Bryson, look, Amy? Bryson all day. Is there a rope? I'd go for a long swim, I think. A long uh, swim. <laughs> I'm just going to go look for land, guys. Bryson <laughs> uh, uh, could stand to lose a few kgs anyway, so I'm sure you know he'd, he'd be fine uh, being out there and he'd probably be able to fend for us. Patrick Reed would just eat my food constantly. I'd name my volleyball Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I like oh, it. Wilson. Very good. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for most people. You could do your head in with either of them, I reckon. It'd be a, it'd be a long week no matter what. Yeah, I'd, I'd be on, I'm going Bryson. What about you, Nate? Who would you go? Oh, Bryson all day. I'll spend a week with Bryson. That's no dramas. But I think it'd be entertaining to be with Patrick Reed as well because – I'd like to know if he's his own person and what he'd do with Justine Reed, not like with the hand up his ass, like making him do stuff. So he'd be playing in the sand all week, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and Bryson would be asking for relief from the fire ants. Oh, the fire ants <laughs> on the island. You're right. There'd be some issues there, wouldn't there? And no protein shakes. Sandcastles and fire ants. I'm going for a swim. Call me Thorpey. I'm with you, Amy. <laughs> getting the hell out of dodge uh, yeah. alright so we've got the FedEx Cup playoffs coming up this week at TPC Boston for the Northern Trust uh, speaking of Beefcake he is favourite at $12 to take it out this week guys yeah first uh, first week of the FedEx playoffs um, obviously no one the... cares no one cares about Bryson Cricket. excuse me oh, JT's is uh, $12 and Rory, sorry, Rory and JT next favourites at twelve dollars. I don't know why Rory's up there. That's um, that's not much money for Rory, really. Well, I think it's, I think he's won at TPC Boston before as well, so I think he's got some history potentially there. And also, he's won a FedEx Cup. He knows how to play with that on the line. So uh, I, I think he's got a pretty good FedEx uh, record. So let's let's see what happens this week. But big points, fifteen hundred points. So normally five hundred points are up for the winner. Fifteen hundred points this week. Um, you've got the best, you know, one hundred and twenty-five top players. It's the only playoff with a cut. So after this week, we don't have a cut the next two rounds. So it, it's going to be an interesting one. Adam Scott is qualified for all thirteen seasons of the playoffs, which. Um, I thought it was a pretty good stat, but then I found out I think nine others have done it as well. So Kucha, Phil, Baba, Justin Rose. So there's a there's a few players there that have got experience in, in the FedEx playoffs. And, yeah, it will be interesting to see this week. And I'm Tigers back, Tigers playing. So um, I'm pumped for this week. It kind of feels like another major again because you've got the best of the best playing. It's going to be an interesting few weeks. 
cutting the fields down. What do we go? Yeah. 125 down to 70, down to 30. Yes, 125, yeah. yes, 70, 30. So uh, BMW and then the Tour Championship at the end. So, yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, my my tip, I, I've got J-Day this week to to win. Oh, besides Bryson, of course. But <laughs> besides Bryson, if the beefcake doesn't get the cracking out, um, J-Day is my, my tip. I, I'd love to see him get a win. Amy, what do you reckon? Finau is playing. Yeah, I was going to say, he was on my radar. Well, I've probably got to pick him now because he could be the one. Um, but I was going to go... <laughs> maybe you're the curse, not the poor go... reason. Yeah, right. So maybe I'll I'll leave him for this week and then he can yep, thank you later. Um, yep. Okay. Um, I might go JT or Webb Simpson. <laughs> Nate's like, Web, what? Every time I hear his name, I nearly fall asleep. <laughs> double par. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe Rory's so short. Fifteen. You're wasting your money there. Um, look, I'm I'm thinking I've got to go. Scotty Adam Scott. I think he's. You're um, telling us this he's week. Definitely going to be up there. Yeah. Forty-one. I didn't get any. Forty-one. Didn't get any um any followers with me little official last week. Your so great pick well of, of Justin Rose. Yeah, that was that was a good pick. <laughs> Sergio, Sergio Garcia is not playing this week. Did you notice that? He just didn't make the FedEx finals. He was my smoky last week. He did better than my main pick, so that was good. Um, <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm, I'm going to go to go the Aussie. Adam Scott and for a bit of roughness, um, Horschel, Billy Horschel. He's won it before and um, there's a bit of price about him. So, yeah, they're my two. So Horschel's paying fifty one. Where's Adam Scott? I haven't found him yet. He's he's shorter. Not... Adam Scott Ooh. on my app and and yeah, um, gamble res- gamble responsibly. Thirty six dollars. Forty one. I've got him here. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm going with your one then. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not sponsored. But was that Ladbrokes so... or? <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, looking for a sponsor though. I am looking for a sponsor, Ladbrokes. If you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Amy and I go on halves if you come to the party. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on that. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, who uh, got Colin Morikawa? Oh, who's that? <laughs> I've heard of him before. He's at $21. So he's, he's up there. It's a bloke so, I tipped last week. Decent, week decent oh, money. the guy that dropped the trophy. The smoky. The smoky, the smoky <laughs> that, you tipped, yeah. that was shorter priced than your actual tip. <laughs> Yeah, good pick. That's a, a solid one. I think that course will suit him as well at Boston. So yeah, it'd be yeah. it'd be interesting week. Yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into some golf this week here with the TPC uh, Boston for the Northern Trust and also the Women's Open. Uh, looking forward to watching a bit of golf across the weekend. Any other takeaways for this week, guys? No, I'm I'm all good. Um, double pars now got a Facebook page. <laughs> Ooh, he does. On Facebook. Can we just say that he's got a Facebook page and he's already copying abuse on it, I think, one day <laughs> into having it. Oh, Some no. guys absolutely tried to tear shreds off him for, for giving it to Zach Murray for his back-to-back um, double pars. And I, I don't think this guy actually realises what double par is all about, <laughs> the brand. So it's a how, very how, rare how, do you deal with, how do you deal with trolls on there, DP? 
He had um, a good comeback, actually. Well, it wasn't oh, really yeah. a comeback. It was a yeah. It was a good line. I'm just there to report the facts. No love, no hate <laughs> or love. It's just yeah. factual. That, that's all. Yeah. That's all I'm about is facts. <laughs> and it was very uh, rare. It was a double double par back to back. Like, back to back. What do you call it? What do you call it? Have you got a name for it? Come up with a name for it. Back yeah. to back. Get your um. Get your followers to to come up with a name for a double double. I call it Saturdays, but. <laughs> <laughs> i i literally the double par life is starting to take over me I, i've literally spent more hours this weekend just finding double pars for double Biggest par fan. and sending them to him i am a, a fully a fledged minion to double par <laughs> and it's great every time i get so excited to send them through <laughs> Oh, I got nothing. I did say got nothing. Well, if I anyone sees a double pass, send them through. Yeah. Yeah. And send... I'd first sponsors, but double pass, whatever. <laughs> Free double pass coming your way right up. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of giving away a used Titleist Pro V1X to my 100th follower on Insta just to get there. They'd have to pay for postage, but, but I'm thinking of putting a prize up. <laughs> I've got one that's it. been chewed up by by a mower. If you want that, I'll I'll, I'll get it across to you some way. You can. You I like can to use one. Out. Do you do you sign it? Because I'll might I'll unfollow you and I'm going to jump back in on a hundred. Well, I could. <laughs> I'd sign it for you, Nate. I'd okay. Sign cool. it. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's a wrap for this week's episode of the Golf Days Australia podcast. We have to say a huge thank you to Amy for joining us for the last couple of months as we farewell her off on into tournament golf again so yeah thanks for uh being with us amy really appreciate you uh joining us for the last couple of months no thanks very much for having me guys i've enjoyed it it's been um a good good dose of golf to talk about while i've not been playing it tournament wise so thanks for having me yeah good and we're looking forward to i think we're about to open up that instagram page for the, the amy tracker uh yes. the, the, the twitter, the twitter watch, handle so, the amy tracker yeah. we've got to we're going to keep <laughs> Keep uh, all things all things Amy going on, especially starting with the face shield on the way over. Um, mm. First post, love it. Got it Big planned news. already. Yeah, no, good, <laughs> good luck over there, matey. We'll definitely all be uh, rooting for you hard. So hopefully Thank you, you um, have some decent results and you're happy with your golf. That's the main thing over there. And hopefully everything's safe, your travels and, and just everything else, worldwide travel is pretty crazy. A lot of people couldn't imagine doing it. So it's good to see that you're able to do it and going to be doing what you love to do. Yeah, yes, looking forward um, to keeping in touch. It's going to be a bit wild, got, but we'll see. I've got mixed feelings, Amy. You're leaving me here with these two clowns. So, um, <laughs> look, good good luck. I, I mean that, but leave me here with these two. Fair thing. I, I think I'll be back. I'll be back. I hope so. I hope so. Go over and kill it, mate. Stay safe and, uh, yeah, good luck. Uh, if you have a reporter on the ground over there as well, we'll have to um, get in touch with you while you're over there and see what's happening. Yeah, Definitely. get the word on the ground. Yeah. Good, good. All right, guys, we'll take it easy. Enjoy golf, and we'll see you next week on the Golf Days Australia podcast. Brother Beefcake. Double par. Sounds better than a 10. Come on, Amy. Give us something <laughs> to close it out. Bye. <laughs> yes, there we go. Oh, nice work. Do not good, edit good. that out, whatever you do. <laughs> no. We're three golf tragics. We're, we're weekend packers and, and we love that's the right. game of golf. And I, I think oh, that's I showed that. you guys that on the weekend. Yes, 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 you did. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. I, I just, uh, <laughs>